0: On this episode, I'm talking to Alex Montez Hernandez. He is a marketer with deep experience across all channels, including growth, performance, content, and brand. He has over three decades of experience in the marketing world, thriving in both big corporations like Verizon and Bloomberg and mid to small startups such as Ben Labs. He is currently the EVP of marketing and growth at Ben Labs, where he oversees all marketing for the company. Welcome, Alex. Great to have you on the
1: show. Super excited to be here, Darshan. I love the subject of your podcast, but also I think few people are as interesting as you are. So I hope (laughs) to keep up with you as we keep on talking here.
0: Well, we're going to learn more about you on this episode. Often when people come to their point in their career at this stage, I think there's been several aha moments that have gotten them there. So please, if you don't mind, share with us the aha moments that have gotten you to where you started and where
1: you are now. Yeah, I'll start... You know, very early on, as I mentioned in our prior conversation, I am originally from the Dominican Republic, and I moved to New York City at 12 years old. And, you know, as an immigrant, I don't think a lot of people realize just how close to entrepreneurship immigrants are and how many of them actually engage in entrepreneurship. And I think there were so many lessons. I moved to Washington Heights, um, which back in the mid-90s wasn't a nice and cuddly place and i remember my father telling me this may not be as nice for other people don't think about this neighborhood or where you live or your house or your apartment as nice or great but it is much better than where we come from so why don't we just you know take these lemons and make some lemonade and that has been one of my models and like my entire career um but and an early story on how this worked was I was having my first job back in two thousand and seven at AIG. The company that had the big bailout, broke the entire economy kind of similar to what's going on now, but worse, right? Like it was it was clear we were in a recession. right now, things look unclear. My father worked at his grocery store, and we're seeing how the economy is kind of like, Failing all over, and we're looking around, and I'm like, "Is there any opportunities here?" And my father tells me, "Probably the price of this grocery store has decreased. Maybe this is the opportunity for us to buy. Maybe this is the opportunity for us to own." So, you know, back in 2007, we made our first acquisition, or I've owned my first business, and that was pretty much really looking through on like, you know what there's always an opportunity, there's always a platform. And I think for me, that was the first insight and the first time that I realized I was like, you know what, even when we think there are bad times, we're gonna be able to kind of make things work.
0: You mentioned something about immigrants having a built-in sense of entrepreneurship. And I'd like you to explain that more. And, And why do you say that?
1: If you think about like the history of America, if you think about the fact that they came from England, they settled here, Whoever is doing that, whoever is leaving everything behind, their country, their family, naturally may have a higher tolerance for risk. Naturally, they have this, I'm going to figure it out mentality, right? And I came in at 12, so I am I cannot say it's, it's as big as my father's was, but my father was a professional in his country with college degree. He was actually a teacher. He comes here, he cannot exercise none of that. So now he becomes a cabbie. Now he starts going to Pennsylvania to some auction and then like buying cars and selling them back here in New York. Eventually, you know, he starts working at a grocery store and while he's at a grocery store, he goes like, all right, what, ask the owner, can I sell some things on my own? Can I sell phone cards and things like that? And what you've learned is when I look around at all my other friends that, you know, their parents are immigrants, very few of them are going to come here and they're going to get like this white collar job. A lot of them I find it's at least in my personal experience come in and they may not be building the next Microsoft. They may not be building the next Apple, but they're doing entrepreneurship, they're working on their own, and they're finding ways for their families to exceed whatever they've done. And for me, that's a great measure of success. Like When my father was getting his citizenship, they asked me "Like, why. All right, I was his witness. He has three kids. All of them went to college. He barely speaks English. What other accomplishment can you do? So I think immigrants bring it a, a really big self, and especially my father, who's no longer with us, he left me with a lot, right? And that was one of the aha moments. So build on that. And
0: what I'm hearing from you is there's a certain amount of hunger that immigrants have. That's what drives them. How has that shaped you and even created aha moments for you as a result of your hunger?
1: As a kid, I grew up going to my father's store where he was an employee. Eventually, we buy the store, as I just mentioned a few minutes ago. And I'm also working. I'm working at AIG. Things are going okay. But I was like, I can do better than this. Like, I don't want a nine to five or just a nine to six. I want to keep on going and improving in my career. And I know for me, I started looking around and now we own this business. And as I'm in the store, I was like, okay, I put a sign outside. The more people come in, I change the price. Do more people buy. I adapt the inventory. And I realized I was like, oh, I'm doing marketing. Can I do it at a bigger level? So I got an MBA and at the time we don't have like, now we have a lot of startups where you can go and do like digital marketing and things like that. I didn't have that opportunity. So I had to straight up go to school, learn principles of marketing and branding. I remember interviewing at Mars Chocolate, they own all these amazing brands, M&M sneakers, some of the top chocolate brands in the world, M&Ms, right? It's such an amazing brand. No, you know, I heard like a thousand people apply for the opportunity to be an intern that I was able to get through somehow. And they smell that hunger because they asked me, it's like, what do you know about chocolate? And I was like, I can tell you people buy it in my store. And I know that if I put it right before they're about to come out, it's an impulse purchase. And I can tell you that I'm going to sell more on Halloween. So all of a sudden I was able to take this other experience, highlight it for a whole lot more. And now I'm able to do a lot of that. Can I take the experience and then build up on top of that? And that has been the story of my career where eventually I went to Verizon. At Verizon, I had the opportunity of having three different roles, took a step back, had an agency, eventually went to Bloomberg Media. We were able to grow that business tremendously. Come to Ben Labs after Bloomberg, have three promotions here. And a lot of it is, it's like if you ask me today, do you want more? And the answer is hell yeah. But as you're building, as you're doing all of these things, I'm also thinking through, what am I learning? And that's the quick answer. As an immigrant, my father who came from virtually nothing. I like to tell the story of like when I was four or five, looking up at my roof, blowing away because it was a hurricane. I come from like literally not having a roof to now I'm in this beautiful house in Montclair. And now I'm like, how can I give my daughter a better life than the life that my father gave me. And I think that's very much an ethos here in the United States, because this is a country built by immigrants in many different ways. It started up by immigrants and that hasn't changed. And in very small ways that keeps on happening each and every day.
0: So what are the aha moments that you've had in your marketing career? And some stories you might be able to share with us during those aha moments.
1: You know, we always talked about opportunity. There's always an opportunity. There's always the opportunity to do more. But the second thing that you realize as a marketer is you have to be differentiated. And the best way of being differentiated is by being yourself. I'll tell you about how I apply this to my own personality. Like when I was in college, I had to decide whether I was going to keep my accent. And as you can hear, I have this blend of a New York accent and a Hispanic or Latin accent. And, you know, I remember going to school and Dave asked me, I remember at the point I felt very self-conscious about it. So I took some accent reduction classes and the teacher, first, maybe day number two or first day was like, unless you're going to be an actor, you don't need this because this is what makes you, you. And, you know, talking back to my father, he goes like, you are a tall guy. You're a guy of color. You know, give them something to hear. That may be your accent. Give them something to look at. Be sure to make sharp but how do I take that into marketing? Because now I'm thinking, okay, I'm building this brand, trying to be authentic. And as I said before, I started my career in brand. But very early on, I realized there was going to be a lot of competition because people have been doing this for ages now. That I was like, how can I be differentiated outside of this accent and outside of look and feel? And for me, the main thing that I did earlier on in my career that allowed me to explode was to switch to more of a quantitative side of marketing. Now they call it growth, now they call it performance marketing. But when I started doing it, there was no name for it. I just knew that I was like, I have this background in brands, but if I understand what the agencies are doing, just as well or better than them, I'm going to have something. So I started taking classes. I started trying veering towards roles where I can manage money, I can manage budget. And the end result was that I started getting promotions a little bit faster. That was insight or aha moment number two, right? Like you have to, in a way, have to have this triangle of what you like, what you're really good at and what other people will pay you for. And if you think about that and you start thinking about like how to apply that to your career, that's the best way to succeed. Think about the opportunity, think about like how to be differentiated. And so I think that was the main thing that I applied. How can I... Apply leverage in a differentiated way in something that the market is paying because there were a lot of brand marketers that have been doing it for plenty of years, not as many people on growth and performance. Being able to combine the two storytelling, positioning, messaging with measurement I think was a game changer for me. So I think that was the biggest insight. Second insight was even within bigger companies. There's always a key project. So if you think about at Verizon, everybody was working on like, hey, this is a device. We're going to launch an iPhone. That's a thing. Tons of competition there. But then I was able to get into this project called Go90 where... By virtue of me being there and not being, it was a key project, but it was a very small portion of the revenue of Verizon, right? Which is a two hundred billion in revenue. This thing that makes millions, I was able to advance a lot faster because you know I came in as a head of content, and next thing you know, eight months later, they're like, "Well, we need a head of sports marketing." And even though I'm part of this huge, the biggest telecom in the U.S., now all of a sudden, back to back growth back-to-back increases in responsibilities. And I'll tell you that product failed, but then that allowed me to go to Bloomberg when they were running their first direct-to-consumer product. So now Bloomberg has their big old terminal, but as they grow, I was able to figure out, hey, there's this niche that is important to the CEO that if we make it work, is, is going to do that. And then I did the same thing here at Ben Labs. I joined their smallest division, show success, and then I was able to parlay that into bigger and bigger roles. So those are the two factors: being differentiated, then always looking for an opportunity where like, okay, now that I know my skill sets, now that I know, where can I leverage it better? And I'm always have been very surprised that even within bigger companies, I can find the niches that allow me to grow.
0: You mentioned the word insights, and I'm curious, how do you define insights?
1: I think a lot about insights because my world is full with data. All of these numbers, a hundred thousand installs, or, 100,000 users or the ratio of free to install is 30%. When you take this data and you go like, you know what? When we increase free to install to 40% or the few months that we've seen this increase, we see a direct impact in revenue, right? So I just gave you a bunch of numbers, but the insight was when we change this number, we get more revenue. And I use those insights both in my career I noticed that in Go90, even though the product didn't work out, I was able to like leverage it and to get my career better. But same thing from a consumer standpoint. If I look at this data, we look how they're performing. I run experiments. For example, I run AV tests all the time, a lot of it testing messaging. But the inside of that, it wasn't like this message won, but it's also like this value proposition appeals more to our customers. So that is kind of like a big part of of what I do, both for my career but also for my job.
0: Tell me a little bit about the work you're doing at Ben Labs.
1: Yeah, so Ben Labs we have B two B division and we have a B two C or direct to creator division. We'll tell you what it means is, but basically our bigger division, our B two B divisions, we have an AI product that allows you to really hone in on your audience. We have data of you know, around 20 million creators on YouTube and other platforms. And then we're able to really give you insights on not just who your audience is, right? Like if you are a beauty brand, you go like, okay, I have women and all of that. But we're able to go like, hey, you're a beauty brand, but did you know a segment of carpenters are using your cream to like, you know, um massage their hands before they do something? Did you know that? Because there's this contingent of carpenters that for whatever reason are buying your brand. So we're able to use AI to provide those sets of data. And then we use AI to then like run campaigns and then use machine learning to understand how we can improve that, that. So that is one half. The other half is a direct-to-creator business. We have this creator business called TubeBuddy. And what we do is we help YouTubers grow their channel faster. And the way that we use AI is, is like, there's the conventional, like we help you with your titles and we help you with things. But now we have tools that allow you to go like, Hey, if you upload this video, these are the places that you should cut in order to make short videos. If you have two thumbnails, this is a thumbnail that is likely to get you a higher click-through rate. And what we do is we take the data of all 20 million creators to find out what people are like, and then we use predictability to find out what factors help you grow. So at a high level, we apply AI to those two businesses. That has been a really interesting journey.
0: Interesting. So you mentioned AI, how do you think AI is going to be shaping the future of marketing? And what are some of the most promising applications of AI in the marketing field right now that you've seen?
1: From the present standpoint, today, the biggest change I've seen is content creation. Even for myself, I am able to now get on my camera, create a video and edit it within 30 minutes. I have a pretty solid video with captions, everything. It shows me like a transcript and I'm able to just take out the ums and the ahs. A year ago, I wasn't able to do that. Now we have all these tools that allow you to do that. So my content creation on a video is exploding. We all heard about ChatGPT. There's this other tool called Claude, very similar to ChatGPT, that is an amazing writer. And my team has used that to like really accelerate the way that they do SEO related content. And our SEO has grown 50% just by leveraging AI for the first pass, then having an actual writer edit, do things, whereas it would take a week or two days to do things. Now they're able to create blogs in like a day. So that is a current example of how we're using AI. I think more and more what's gonna happen in the future is just like AI is gonna be able to take all of your data and it's gonna make recommendations. And it's going to be like, hey, based on this is what is happening at Bent Labs, right? Like, This is the audience you should be testing. This is the targeting you should be doing. This is the value proposition that it worked. And it's going to proactively look at your data and it's going to give you a recommendation. And I think the human factor is going to be, it's like you could take that recommendation, just do what it tells you, or you could then do a remix using your own human insight. So I think everything is going to be impacted. I talked about content. I talked about strategy. Pay media right now is AI. Everything is run through that. An email is going to be pre-written by AI or AI is going to be looking at what emails are being written and they're going to make it better. I think end-all-be-all is just going to accelerate marketing, is going to give you better tools to do it faster. And we're seeing that today.
0: Interesting. So what role do you see increasing more and more AI? And then you're seeing new tools on the horizon and you think you're going to change the landscape even more?
1: Oh, hell yeah. We're just getting started. Which is getting started. I think right now, As human beings, we go like, all right, for example, you have this podcast, and somebody's going to edit this after the fact, and somebody's going to maybe upload it to YouTube or whatever it is. And I think right now, that person can do that a whole lot faster than they did it last year. But in the future, this person may be replaced altogether. Like that, "Mm -hmm," you said that all of that, it may give you like, you know what? AI already kind of knows they're going to look at your prior videos and they're going to go like, oh, he likes them like that. And then it's going to get you 90% or 95% of the way there. And that is going to be up to you. Do I want to now have this human thing? Because I think where humans are going to excel is the art and the creativity. But I think generative AI is able to go like, okay, this is how he likes things. We're going to keep on doing it this way. We're just getting started. And again, the strategic part of it I think I'm going to have a companion every day that is going to be like Watson, or I don't know, whatever. Jarvis is the guy from Marvel that Tony Stark uses. I think more and more, they're going to wake up, hey, Alex, these are your opportunities for the day. What do you think? I think we're very close to doing that.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So I'm curious, what area do you want to delve with more in the future, either in marketing, performance marketing, or even AI that you want to really develop a deeper understanding and knowledge of?
1: You know, I want to go back to your aha moments. We talked about differentiation. We talked about opportunity. But I think that as AI and all of these things come on, especially for me as a leader, I am practicing more humanity, connection, being positive. That is an insight that honestly, that I'm like, you know what? There is such a value of being a positive person. Why do I tell you this? We're going through hard times. There's such a value of being able to rally people, being able to go like, hey, this thing is going to pass or so this is how you leverage this, that machines are not going to do. The machines are going to take over, right? As a performance marketer, I know that machines already can count a lot faster than me. I know they're going to do this strategic thing. And uh, do you know, the more that they take over that stuff, the things that matter to me or the things that I'm working on a lot more, is just like, okay, I'm in the C-suite. Do I understand what sales needs? Do I understand what product needs? And I think for me, being more of a human being is going to be a strategy for success. And for me, if that's the latest aha moment, right? The more earlier in your career, yes, you want to be differentiated. you want to learn techniques, you want to learn performance marketing, you want to learn how to do Facebook ads. The latest aha for me is is that what got me here will not get me there and my humanity is what is going to continue to differentiate me. And for me, that has been the biggest thing that honestly, I'm going to put a reminder on my desk or something, be positive, be human, connect. And if you do that, it's okay for AI to take more of the technical aspects of my job because that connection, that positivity, if I'm positive, they're not going to bring that. They're not going to bring that. And if you're early in your career, if you're listening to this and you're early in your career, for sure, learn the techniques Learn performance marketing, learn how to use ChatGPT to use performance marketing, get ahead of the game. And I'm doing that too. So you're competing with me, but I'm also doing this human thing. I'm also doing this stuff where I don't just want to show up and just talk numbers and zeros and cents. I hope that if people listen to this and they take something away, is that your humanity, your ability to connect, kindness are the things that people are going to remember. The, the stories I remember my father because, yeah, he wasn't an easy guy. There are tons of stories about him cursing people out for <laughs> because they were smoking in front of his stores. But that gives you character, right? Like people still to this day, hey, here's some cake in the name of your father. And I think for me, as I start thinking through what happens in my career, I'm going to be a much better marketer the more that I care about. What's going on with my colleagues? What's going on with my direct team? How can I rally them better?
0: What led you to the doorstep of bringing more humanity in all your work? I think this is something that probably changed, I think, post-COVID. I think people are looking for more meaning, more substance in their lives. And at the end of the day, regardless of the technology, it's still going to boil down to humans interacting. But I'm curious, what specifically happened? Because I can tell this is an emphasis you really want to pursue. At great depth. So I'm curious, what transpired or what event happened that made you arrive at the doorstep of bringing in humanity?
1: I start thinking about how I. One of the reasons I got my current job was I met the CEO of this company seven years ago. He was working with our Verizon account, and without getting too much into details, he was the head of sales at his current company, and he was this amazing intelligent, smart human being. And I remember when, you know, the outcome that he wanted didn't take place. I was like, you know what? Why don't we go out to dinner? I'll tell you what went wrong and I'll tell you how you fix it. I didn't have to do that, right? I didn't have the time to do it. I didn't have the time, I swear. But this man left such an impression. So I was like, I felt like I had to do it. Five years later, apparently this man also left an impression on other people enough or like he's the CEO of his current company. And he called me when he needed help growing his latest division, his direct-to-consumer division. So that is insight number one, right? There is me being human seven years ago, just for the sake of being human, paid off years later. But when I start thinking about like where technology is taking us, because I am so close to AI, writing a cover letter, writing a comment on LinkedIn, all of those things now are being automated. But... I was reading this post on LinkedIn about how this lady failed like seven times on her way of becoming an entrepreneur. It's like, there's no way ChatGPT wrote that. You know, I want to get to know this person. I saw this interesting lady on Instagram. Like she's like 70 years old. She has these beautiful outfits, pink and brown and all of that. And I was like, lady, you look amazing. I think I would love to be your friend. She replies back, come to my store. And all these moments of serendipity are adding up to me when now where we are in this weird economy, now I'm realizing that the more and more I go to dinner, the more and more that I connect with human beings, and also it may have been COVID, the more and more I go like, hey, I'm having this situation. It may be TMI. I've been finding myself saying, this is TMI, but I need to give you something before you leave. And I'm realizing that that is not only helping my career, but also it's allowing me to be happier in my day-to-day because I'm coming up as authentic. And this is beyond my accent. Now you're seeing the true me. And this all feeds everything. This feeds my career. This feeds the relationship with my daughter. This feeds the relationship with people. And then it's also understanding as you get older, it's not just working hard. It's also really thinking through about what other people need and being a servant for people. So anyway, those are some examples at a high level, but like just getting this job was a result of being human. And as I think about like where my career is going, it's going to have honest, it's just as a more of a senior leader, as a head of marketing is going to be more other people appreciating my humanity versus he can work this AI faster.
0: He's talked about having dinner. So if you get lunch or dinner with anyone in digital marketing, performance marketing or AI, who would it be and why?
1: I would love to talk to Bill Gates. I think that if you looked at his documentary on Netflix, this guy goes to like a cabin by himself once a year and reads tons of books. He's a futurist. He was able to kind of look at vaccines, was able to do all of that. And he was able to predict and AI thing and a, a whole lot earlier than we saw, right? And this is because he's in the future. And I think there is a selection of people that are at the edge of where humanity is. And because of that, they're able to look where things are going. I think Bill Gates is one of those guys. And I think at the end of the day, he's also trying to do good for the world. So it's just like, yeah, he can tell me about my career. Obviously he can tell me about AI, but also he's trying to impact the world in a positive manner. Is he perfect? Probably not. We've all learned things about him. And I think that I'm trying to learn from people that are not perfect and have not gotten that get in the way. I think that all of us believe that in order to succeed, we have to be these perfect people. But I am trying to learn a whole lot more from people that have failed, people that continue failing. And I mean, obviously, he did Microsoft early on. But when you look into his life, it it hasn't been perfect. And I'm interested in learning how that works and how he has his outside success,
0: yeah, and there's a lot to be learned. Uh, you know, when things don't work out, that's often the best breeding ground for learning, right? And I think that goes back to something you said earlier. There's always opportunity in any given situation. You have to look for it and uncover it. But it's all from there. And it's not too far down deep that you can't discover it.
1: Correct. I mentioned joining that product at Verizon. That product ultimately failed. And at that time, I had to make the decision. It's like, do I stay in this company? Am I learning and all of that? And I felt like, you know what? This was such an amazing opportunity. It's going to be tough to replicate it. And have had my daughter. My parents had recently passed away. And I was like, this feels like a time to jump and maybe pursue something else. And if I hadn't pursued that at the time, if I hadn't taken this FY or not failure, I couldn't save it. I was not gonna save it, but that led to something else, right? That led to like, you know what? I took a risk and that risk eventually paid off to like where I am today. But I know like, I'm going to have to continue failing. I'm going to have to continue taking risks. You know, If I'm only winning, I'm not in the right place. I'm not learning. And people that can teach me how to do that, because I do think there is a trick to doing this and somehow parlaying that into success is kind of what I'm looking for in the future.
0: Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to talking to you again once more of this AI stuff comes out and then uh, I'll come back to you and you can tell me what's happening in the world of AI. So, I want to thank you for joining me, Alex, and I look forward to talking to you again.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Darshan. Have a beautiful day.
0: You too. Getting to AHA was brought to you by iResearch. To find out more about us, head to iresearch.com and make sure to search for Getting to AHA in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else podcasts are found. And don't forget to click follow to ensure you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you for listening.